Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, it's Thomas Party. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Magic Program. Arsenal versus Manchester United, Sunday, 3rd of September 2023. Kickoff 4:30 p.m. The contents, captain's notes around Arsenal, sustainability, player feature William Saliba, community voice, foundation voice, academy young gun Daniel Ayatunde, around the academy, women. Visitors, Manchester United, Manch Action, Arsenal versus Fulham, and Teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. The captain on our Fulham draw, facing Manchester United today and being voted into the PFA team of the season. It was so good to be at the PFA Awards in Manchester on Tuesday evening with some of my teammates, Mikel, Edu and a lot of the guys from the club. To be recognised in the team of the year was special, because when it's voted by the other players, it's something you appreciate even more. To have this honour and recognition means a lot. That's now three different leagues in which I've been voted into the team of the year. I also did it in Spain and the Netherlands, so I'm very proud of that. It's not too bad. I was most pleased that we had four of us voted into the team. Myself, Aaron, Willow and Bukayo were all included, so it shows how well we did as a team last season. I think it's the first time Arsenal have had four players in there for 15 years. That's a great sign for the club and the way we're building here. It shows we're taking steps as a team, but also on an individual level too. Bukayo is one of those who keeps getting better, and he deserved to win the Young Player of the Year award. He's been unbelievable for us. I was proud of him, seeing him pick up the award, but also I'm proud of everything he's doing and how he's doing it. He's a great guy and he deserves this. As players, you can't vote for one of your teammates, so I voted for Erling Haaland for the main award. I think he was the right winner after all those goals he scored in his first season in England. There were also two Arsenal players in the WSL team of the year, including Frieda Manum, so it was a good night for Arsenal and for Norwegian football too. Looking back to last weekend, we conceded in the first minute against Fulham, 
and that's happened too often for us now at the Emirates. It shouldn't be happening at all, and we've spoken about it as a group, and I don't think there are any problems with our focus. I think we try to start games in a good way, but there have been some bad moments in a few games. Last weekend it was the same, a misunderstanding in midfield and the ball ended up with Pereira, who scored. It was a weird one, but we have to learn from it and make sure we play a bit smarter in the first few minutes to make sure the game is set right. It's something we can definitely improve on and cut out. For me though, the most important thing from our draw with Fulham was how we played after taking the lead and they had a player sent off. We know that most teams, when they come here, want to be compact, play deep and make it difficult. So when they get the early goal, they do it even more so. We put ourselves in a difficult situation, but we responded really well, and I think we played some good football after going behind. We should have scored more, but we got the two goals and that should have been enough. So it was really frustrating that we couldn't close out the game. I feel like we were controlling the game, got the second goal and were doing really well. But then Fulham created some moments after the red card, in the transitions, and then for the corner where we didn't defend well enough. There were some key moments when we weren't sharp enough. It's a reminder that if you're not 100% switched on at all times, every team in this league can punish you. That's how competitive it is. It was great to see Fabio Vieira come on and make a big impact. He's still a young player, but he's got so much quality that we see all the time in training. He's unbelievable on the ball, so I was really pleased to see him come on like that and change the game for us. It tells you about the quality in the squad that we can turn to players coming off the bench in every game now. These players can be match winners, either by creating and scoring goals like on Saturday, or also by retaining control, like we did against Palace. I believe this season we can play in a lot of different ways. We're more adaptable, more unpredictable, and can do different things to last season. Last year we played the same system most of the time, but now with the depth of the squad and quality of our players, we can mix it up more, and that should be a strength if we use it in the right way. The squad is really good, the atmosphere in the changing room is as good as ever, and the new players have all brought something different to the team, a new energy and different qualities. I'm really convinced about this team, and I know we were frustrated to drop some points in the last game, but I feel like we're going to get better and better. That's the challenge for us today. It's always a big one against Manchester United, and we always love to play in these games, especially in front of our supporters here at the Emirates. I remember the game here last season so clearly. The atmosphere was incredible. We're excited to be back here, and we know it will be another big test against United. They have a coach with a very clear idea of how he wants to play, what he wants from his team, and they'll obviously be determined to kick on from last season too. It looks as though they're improving all the time and they have quality players throughout the team, so it's a very strong side, but we know just how important a win could be for us. We had a really good week in training and we're really up for it. We'll be doing everything we can to get the three points and we'd love your brilliant support as always again today. Around Arsenal. Ref Watch. Today's referee is Anthony Taylor from Cheshire. One of the game's most experienced officials, Anthony has been on the Premier League list since 2009 stroke 10 and first officiated the Gunners in a 0 0 home draw against Sunderland the following season. 
last season. He was our man in the middle for wins away at Crystal Palace, home to Tottenham, away to Brighton and at home to Manchester United before defeats to Manchester City at the Emirates and the loss at Nottingham Forest. In all, the 44-year-old has officiated 47 Arsenal games, of which we've won 28, lost 11 and drawn 8. Brentford in the Carabao Cup The Carabao Cup third round draw was made on Wednesday night and Arsenal will be travelling to the GTEC Community Stadium to play Brentford. The game will be played in the week commencing September 25th with the kick-off time and date yet to be finalised. Please keep close to arsenal.com for confirmation of the kick-off and ticket news. Brentford Loney David Raya will be available to play for Arsenal in this fixture. Congratulations, Bukeo. Our very own Hale-End graduate, Bukeo Saka, has been voted the PFA Young Player of the Year for his outstanding performances during the 2022-23 season. After being nominated on three occasions previously, the 21-year-old was finally recognised as the best young player in the Premier League by his peers, with members of the Professional Footballers Association voting for the winner. Bukeo came out top of a talented nominee list that included his teammate Gabriel Martinelli, Erling Haaland, Manchester City, Jacob Ramsey, Aston Villa, Evan Ferguson, Brighton and Hove Albion, and Moises Saicedo, formerly of Brighton and Hove Albion, now Chelsea. Bukeo's superb season featured a career-high 15 goals in all competitions and 11 assists. He was also involved in all 38 Premier League games for the second season in a row and starred at the 2022 World Cup for England, netting three times in four games during the three Lions' run to the quarter-finals in Qatar. He ended the season signing a new long-term deal with the club he has called home since he was eight years old. This was the 50th year of the award ceremony and five famous Arsenal names have previously claimed the crown. Tony Adams, 1986-87 Paul Merson, 1988-89 Nicholas Zanelka, 1998-99 Cesc Fabregas, 2007-08 and Jack Wilshere, 2010-11 It was Jack who handed over the trophy to Bukeo at the Lowry Theatre in Manchester as two of the biggest hair-end products shared a nice moment on the stage together. Four in Team of the Year The accolades didn't stop there for Bukeo, as he was later named in the 2022-23 PFA's Premier League Team of the Year alongside Aaron Ramsdale, William Saliba and Captain Martin Odegaard highlighting the superb team effort that saw us challenge for the Premier League title and secure Champions League qualification. Frida Marnham and former gunner Raffaella were also named in the Women's Team of the Year, so congratulations to all six. We're delighted their contributions last season have been recognised by their peers. Champions League draw The group stage of the Champions League draw was made on Thursday evening with Arsenal drawing Sevilla from Spain, PSV Eindhoven from the Netherlands and RC Lens from France. Matches will be played on the following dates. Tuesday stroke Wednesday, September 19th stroke 20th. 
Tuesday stroke Wednesday, October 3rd stroke 4th. Tuesday stroke Wednesday, October 24th stroke 25th. Tuesday stroke Wednesday, November 7th stroke 8th. Tuesday stroke Wednesday, November 28th stroke 29th. Tuesday stroke Wednesday, December 12th stroke 13th. Thanks flow. Fularin Belogan has joined Liga 1 side AS Monaco in a permanent transfer. The 22-year-old forward joined us at the age of 10 and developed through our academy, signing his first professional contract with us in February 2019. Fularin made his senior debut when he came on as a substitute in our 3-0 home win against Dundalk in the UEFA Europa League in October 2020 scoring his first senior goal in the same competition a month later in a 3-0 away win in Norway against Molde. After a loan spell at Middlesbrough in 2022, he really cemented his status as one of the continent's top young strikers during a stellar season on loan at Reims in 2022-23, scoring 27 goals in 37 games for the Liga 1 side. He also made his debut for USA, the country of his birth, in the 2023 CONCACAF Nations League. We thank Falarin for his contribution to Arsenal through our academy into the first team and wish him the best of health and happiness in his new chapter at Monaco. Kieran joins Real Sociedad. Kieran Tierney has joined La Liga side Real Sociedad on loan for the 2023-24 season. The Scotland international joined us in August 2019 from Celtic and during his time with us has made 124 appearances in all competitions. Instrumental in our 2-1 FA Cup final win over Chelsea at Wembley Stadium, Kieran also featured in our FA Community Shield winning teams in both 2020 over Liverpool and the recent Wembley victory over Manchester City. Before joining us, the regular Scotland international enjoyed huge success at boyhood club Celtic, winning four league titles, two Scottish FA Cups and two Scottish League Cups in a four-year spell and being voted PFA Scotland Young Player of the Year for three consecutive seasons in 2016, 2017 and 2018. Everyone at Arsenal wishes Kieran all the best in Spain for the coming season. Stop Press, Eddie for England. Huge congratulations to Eddie Nicotier, who has been called up to the senior England squad for the forthcoming matches against Ukraine and Scotland. He will be joined in Gareth Southgate squad by Bukayo Saka, Declan Rice and Aaron Ramsdale. Good luck to them and all of our internationals on duty next week. Austria Vienna Supporters Club welcoming supporters' clubs to Emirates Stadium on their special match day. Today we welcome the Austria-Vienna Supporters' Club. Their founding members met in the pubs of Vienna in the early mid-2000s, sharing the joy of watching the Arsenal together and eventually gaining access to tickets for the then newly opened Emirates Stadium. With Germain Weber as their driving force in the foundation process, they were officially acknowledged by Arsenal on June 22, 2006. Most members are from Vienna, but they also come from other countries, in particular Burgenland and Styria, Upper Austria, Lower Austria and Carinthia. If not coming to London for a match, 
about 15 to 20 gooners get together every weekend in their local pub, the Long Hall, in Vienna. But there are members at the Emirates for every game, as well as most of the European away games too. Members who come to London enjoy visiting their favourite pubs, including the Tollington Arms, the Gunners Pub and the King's Head, and meeting up with legendary gooners like Keith Martin and the Padfields of Dover Gooners fame. Some of the group's happiest memories stem back to when Arsenal spent pre-season in sunny Bad Waltersdorf in southern Austria from 2002 to 2011. Every morning, members waited at the training ground for Arsene Wenger to arrive on his bike, followed by watching public training sessions, getting close to the players and enjoying legendary nights out at the local bar. Many lifelong friendships with gooners from all over the world were formed back in these days. One of the group's main goals is to engage in a Bad Waltersdorf revival, where gooners from all over the world come together, increasing the Austrian fan base, engagement and the relationships with other Arsenal supporters clubs from all over the world. Last year they followed some of the Arsenal women when Austria hosted newly crowned European champions England. After the game, their heroes Leah Williamson, Beth Mead, Laura Wienrothier and Manuela Zinsberger handed over Vienna Gunas scarves. At half-time, they also met Ian Wright, who was later spotted watching the second half wearing the Vienna Gunas scarf. This year, to mirror the trip fans take when they go to Craven Cottage, Austria planned to take a boat trip on the Danube River in Vienna before the Fulham away game. Finally, the group have also raised funds for the victims of the Typhoon Haiyan in the Philippines and cooked for homeless people in Vienna, which they are planning to do again this season. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Tottenham Hotspur. Premier League. Sunday, September 24th, kick-off 2pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange up until 11am on Sunday, September 24th. Arsenal Women vs Liverpool Women's Super League, Sunday, October 1st, kick-off 2pm. General sale tickets are now on sale via our online box office. Arsenal vs Manchester City, Premier League, Sunday, October 8th, kick-off 4.30pm. The Silver Cannon Red and Junior Gunner members' ballots are now closed for this match. Arsenal Women vs Aston Villa Women's Super League, Sunday, October 15th, kick-off 2pm. General sale tickets are now on sale via our online box office. Arsenal vs Sheffield United, Premier League, Saturday, October 28th, kick-off 3pm. The Silver, Cannon, Red and JG ballots are open and will close on Monday, September 4th at 10am. Away tickets. Everton vs Arsenal, Goodison Park, Premier League, Saturday, September 16th, kick-off 5.30pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum Gold and Travel Club members with 15-plus away points. Stephen Powell Arsenal Football Club was saddened to hear of the recent death of Stephen Powell. Stephen was a passionate advocate for football supporters over many years and held key roles with organisations such as the Football Supporters Federation and Supporters Direct. A lifelong Arsenal fan, he was a founder member of the Arsenal Independent Supporters Association, 
AISA in 2001, whose initial objective was to help the club secure planning permission for a new stadium at Ashburton Grove. The rest, as they say, is history. He, along with AISA colleagues, is represented on our Founder Place Where We Belong stadium artwork in recognition of his role in the new stadium development. Stephen was also an active member of the Arsenal Disabled Supporters Association and a founder member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Few supporters could say they had more of a positive influence on the direction of the club than Stephen. He was also a great follower of his beloved Wales and relished travelling the world watching the game he loved in numerous countries across the globe. A superb campaigner, wonderfully knowledgeable and a thoroughly engaging character, Stephen will be missed by many, many people in the game. Our thoughts are with Stephen's family and friends. Thank you, Noah. Everyone at Arsenal Football Club would like to wish programme designer Noah Gurdon good luck as he departs for pastures new. Noah has shown great creativity and a superb work ethic over the last two years, ensuring his beloved Gunners had a programme to be proud of. Thanks, Noah. NMR shirts for young role models. The No More Red initiative sees Adidas support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, we are spotlighting the work of young people who made a positive difference. And at today's games are Natasha and Moray. Natasha is a physician's associate at a GP practice in London as well as Community Outreach Coordinator at Your Stance. Through Your Stance, Natasha organises and delivers community outreach sessions teaching young people emergency life-saving skills, particularly to those at risk of serious youth violence. She liaises with community networks and partners to identify young people who would benefit from the workshops. She also helps to recruit and train other healthcare professionals who are keen to volunteer. Thanks to Natasha, Your Stance currently has 350 healthcare professionals signed up to volunteer and has taught almost 2,500 young people in London life-saving skills. Moray was a participant on our Premier League Kicks programme at Woodbury Down. He became interested in a coaching role, so our coach gave him the opportunity to gain his EE Playmaker Certificate, accredited by England Football. He recently coached a team and refereed at a kicks tournament on Market Road and is helping coach at our new kicks sessions at London Fields, where he has made a big effort to build strong relationships with the community. Moray has also taken part in a leadership course with us as he continues his journey into coaching. Meet the mascot. Please give a warm welcome to Isabella, today's Arsenal mascot. Isabella from St Leonard's-on-Sea is representing her beloved Gunners this afternoon and the 11-year-old says her favourite players are Martin Odegaard, Gabriel Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus. We hope you have a fantastic afternoon, Isabella. Notice Vought Welcome to the world, Freddie O'Neill Brumsack, from all your friends at Arsenal. Kiss, kiss. Happy first birthday to our baby bear, Cassius. Lots of love, mummy and daddy. Happy 11th birthday to Jude, a huge Arsenal fan who is at the match with his brother, Jesse. Love, mum and dad.
Happy 23rd birthday this September to Isaac Barr in the East End today to celebrate with his dad John. To our two wonderful grandchildren, welcome back and have a fabulous afternoon at the Emirates with all our love. Ninny, Grimps, Mum, Dad and Leo. Kiss, kiss. Congratulations to Ryan and Georgia for the birth of their daughter. Another Guna is born. Happy 30th birthday, Lee Curry from Londonderry. From all your family, enjoy. Welcome, Oshin Halligan, Ballydine, County Mayo, Ireland and Brigitte Robertson from Seattle. Enjoy the game. Love from all the family. Happy birthday, Josh Edgeman. Happy 80th birthday, Michael Sheridan, Grandad. Love, Charlie and James, C-O-Y-G. Welcome to another Guna from the Polston family. Rosie Amelia Polston. Arrived 10th of August 2023 and cannot wait to be a junior gunner. Love from Mummy, Daddy and Grandad Polston. Kiss, kiss. Happy 21st birthday, Georgia Postlethwaite. Hope you have a great day. Love from Mum, Dad, La and the rest of the family. Sophia Chellingsworth. Happy 11th birthday. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the match. Love Dad, Mummy and Baxter. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy birthday, Aziz. Happy 16th birthday to Carolyn Barrett. Love from Dad. Kiss. A massive congratulations to Kival and Mira, our two season ticket holders, for getting engaged. Happy 16th birthday, Tommy. A win for your special day, please. Lots of love from Mum, Dad, Harry and Max. Kiss, kiss. Sarah, you brought the joy to the North Stand. Great fun, great smiles, great win, Gunners. Isolde. Congratulations to Tommaso, Roberto and Virginio Puzzi. Three generations of Italian gooners who watched Arsenal lift a trophy at Wembley last month. Happy 21st birthday to Adam Donlevy. Hope you enjoy today's game more than the Inter-Miami match on Wednesday. Love from Dad, Leanna, Lexi, Ava and Darcy. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Arsenal remembers. Dan Riley. Our beloved family man and friend Dan Riley recently passed away a lifelong gooner and a well-respected man. Dan, you will be missed by us all. With love from all your family and friends. Gordon Charles Swain. Beloved husband, father, grandfather and brother. Travelled the world, but his heart was always in Highbury. North London forever. Forever our hero. 1936-2023. Farewell. Until we meet again. Joel Harper. Forever a gooner, forever remembered. You will be missed by everyone you ever met. Love from the ACEL family. Joy Roberts, passed away, June 12, 2023, aged 86. True gooner, now watching the Arsenal from above. Sadly missed by the family. Danny Hunt, sadly lost his long battle with cancer on August 22nd, aged just 27. London firefighter Danny as well as Arsenal also loved his food, his family and his newlywed wife, Rhiannon. He was loving and caring and will be sorely missed by many. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Alexander Sandy Morrison, an Arsenal fan through and through and a good man who will be missed by his loving family and many friends. R.I.P. Sean Doyle, 
an amazing husband, dad, granddad, friend and Arsenal fan. Love to the Doyles from the O'Reillys. Dave Sheppy Hale, a lifelong Arsenal supporter who recently passed away. Sorely missed by his wife, Angela and friends. Barry Took, age 71. He was a doting husband, father and lifelong gooner. Robert F. Weiss, in loving memory of Robert F. Weiss, a beloved son, brother, husband, father, friend and fan. Jack Gillespie, died on June 10th, 2023, in a tragic accident, age 17. Jack adored coming to the Emirates and watching the team he loved. He sang his heart out whenever he was here. North London forever. Jackie Portway, passed away on August 27th, 2023, age 75. A local Arsenal fan that will be hugely missed and loved by all that knew her. We will miss you, Nan. Kiss, 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 kiss. Sustainability. Emirates Garden. This summer, the Arsenal Academy joined forces with the sustainability experts at Football for Future to host climate education workshops for our academy players from under-12s to under-16s, from both the boys' and the girls' teams. These workshops created a unique space for our young players to engage with the fundamentals of climate change and the natural sciences, to explore the different ways that climate change affects football, and to creatively envision what a greener game could look like. With climate change soaring up the football agenda, it's important to engage the next generation of players on how climate change is threatening the future of the game and how we can collectively tackle this issue on and off the pitch, said FFF founder Elliot Arthur Worsop. It was inspiring to see how much pre-existing knowledge the young people had and their enthusiasm for this important topic. These are the players of the future, and, with attitudes and awareness like this, the future of the game is in good hands. In addition to the educational workshops, the players embarked on a tour of the Emirates Stadium, where they were shown firsthand the sustainable initiatives that the club has put in place. It's one thing to talk about change, but these young people got to see the tangible work that the club is doing to reduce our own impact on the planet. Chris Thurston, Arsenal's player care manager at Hale End, explained how the sustainability workshops form part of the club's approach to develop our young players off the pitch, as well as on it. Our determination to develop strong young gunners includes a commitment to educating our players around topics that will help them towards becoming better people as well as better players, said Chris. As part of the Lifelong Learner programme, we are really pleased to work with Football for Future, who delivered workshops which helped the players to see the link between climate change and football and inspired them to think about the actions they can take now to make a positive impact themselves. It has also been a great opportunity for the academy players to learn more about some of the great work that Arsenal already does at Emirates Stadium, including methods to reduce waste and using renewable energy sources, amongst others. Arsenal have been one of the first professional clubs in the world to offer climate education to academy players, and the results speak for themselves. 
Our sessions embedded a deep understanding of the link between climate change and football, giving our players the tools to work on sustainability projects. Our academy players had the privilege of touring the Emirates Stadium, witnessing the real-life sustainable initiatives that the club has put in place, inspiring change and reducing our impact on the planet. We emphasised football's pivotal role in climate action, nurturing a sense of responsibility. Recognising the influential voice of players, we ignited inspiration to drive change both on and off the field. Together, we're creating a legacy of sustainable football, and the future looks bright. As we continue to build on this foundation, we're committed to leading by example, and we're excited to see the positive impact our strong young gunners will make on the world. This is more than just a workshop, it's a movement, and it's powered by the Arsenal spirit. Together, William Saliba. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. William Saliba's first full season in the team was a triumph, and he was duly named in the Premier League Team of the Season at the PFA Awards on Tuesday. As the defender tells us in this exclusive interview, he's come a long way from the raw talent he displayed as a boy in Bondi, Paris. Youth football is a time when many players fall in love with the sport. It's often the first time they experience being part of a team, often not much more than a group of your closest mates, all pulling for the same objectives, spending time together and getting to play out the games with more of a carefree spirit. This was the case for William Saliba. From the age of six, he was part of his local club, AS Bondi, situated in the northeast suburbs of Paris, where he was born and raised. And he has plenty of fond memories from that time. It's the club where Kylian Mbappe also learned his trade before moving on to become a global superstar and World Cup winner at the age of just 19. Mbappe's father coached at Bondé too, including young Saliba, who was a striker at the time. Killian, who went to the same primary school as Willow, was a couple of age groups ahead of our defender at Bondi before moving to Monaco and later Paris Saint-Germain. It proved to be a successful launchpad for Willow too and he credits those early days in Paris for a fundamental shift in his attitude that helped him turn from, in his own words, a lazy sulk into the world-class defender we see today. I was just six when I started out at Bondi, my local club, he begins. It was the local club where I grew up, so I knew everyone there. I played as a striker back then when I was young and I loved it. I would say I was one of the best players in the team, maybe the best player, I don't know. Let's just say I was in the top two or three. There were some very good players in that team too. Some of them have gone on to play professionally, not just in France, but everywhere. We had a lot of players come through the club who went on to be professional, not just Mbappe, of course, but players in our age group too. I'm still friends with some of them today. We all grew up in that city, so when we can have some days off, we go back there and it's a good chance to meet up with people again. William's main memories of those early days at Bondi, he was there until he was 13, 
are of a fantastic team spirit and relentless winning. There was a really good atmosphere in that team, he says with a smile. I have some really good memories from that time because my friends in the team were also my friends from my school. So we hung out together all the time and then we would play the games together. We won a lot of trophies as well, so that obviously made the atmosphere really nice too. I scored a lot of goals in that team, a lot. Most of the time I played, I scored. If I ever went a game without scoring, then I would always score in the next one. I think I was a good player, but I was never the captain or anything like that. It was because I was too young in my head. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't very interested in being captain anyway. I was just happy to be the main striker. A France youth international from every age group, from under 16 right through to 21s, William's early promise was obvious. But he says that potential might never have been given the chance to flourish were it not for the lessons he learned at Bondi. He never had a problem with his desire as a youngster, but admits to not always respecting well when things went against him. I always wanted to win, he says. That's all I wanted when I was a young player. I wanted to win every game, and that's what really motivated me at that age. I wanted to score in every game, but I wouldn't say I was a selfish player. Some strikers are selfish, but I also look for my teammates too. I have to be honest though and say I was a lazy player. Yes, I was lazy, and also I would sulk quite a lot. My manager would always tell me off for sulking, for being lazy in training. This is maybe why I wasn't captain. As I said, I was young in my head, but then I grew up. My coaches helped me a lot at that stage. I realised how you had to be on the pitch, and I changed. After eight years at Bondi, he moved to FC Montfermeil in the eastern Paris suburbs, and was there two years before being picked up by Saint-Étienne. By now a powerful and imposing central defender, he made his professional debut at the age of 17 and had just one season in Liga before being signed by Arsenal. He immediately went back to Saint-Étienne for another season, helping his side to the Coupe de France final before returning briefly to London ahead of another loan deal in France, this time with Nice, and then spending the 2021-22 season at Marseille. So, last season was his first at Arsenal, even though he joined in 2019. Despite the unusual start to his Gunners career, he says he feels completely at home at the club. Of course, when I was on loan, I was not here every day, he says. So, you are not as close to everyone and part of the group. That's normal, but as soon as you get here, you feel you are part of the team, and you are part of the family. I felt like more a part of the family since I came here after the loan spells, and that's how it is here. There's a great feeling here, and football is like that anyway. Every year new players come into the group, and the others make them feel welcome. It's the same this year too. New players have joined, we did not know them before, but you help them become part of the family. You learn about everyone, about every culture. You get to learn a lot about new cultures, and I like it when people come to me as well and ask about France. Maybe they're going on holiday to Paris or the south of France, and they speak to me about it. We have a very good atmosphere here, he adds. Every day we have a laugh, every day we have a joke. We like being around each other, but when we are on the pitch, we go hard and we are serious. It's important to have both. You cannot do one without the other. William, now 22, 
explains that this feeling of unity and togetherness is crucial, but has also been carefully nurtured by Mikel Arteta and his coaching team. We do a lot of things to be closer and closer and to learn about each other, the big defender says. The coaches will speak to us about how important it is to be a unit and to be together, not just with the fans, but as a team as well. An example is when we were on tour in America. For every meal, we always mix the tables. We don't choose the table where we sit at lunch or dinner. We get to speak to the coaching staff, to other players, and I really like that. There might be a player there that you speak to less, and it's a chance to know them more, to be together, and that all helps as a team when you are on the pitch too. It really helps when you are on the pitch, when you are playing and you can feel that the whole team is together that everyone likes each other and wants everyone to do well, it raises the whole level. Due to his loan spells, William has never spent more than two consecutive seasons in the same dressing room at a club, so he has had fewer opportunities to build those relationships and gel with his teammates. He believes the pre-season tour in America was particularly helpful in getting to know people and discussing life off the pitch as well as the football but he also believes there isn't much difference between life at Arsenal compared to the French clubs he's been at, and indeed the France national team, which he first represented early last year. The first thing and the most obvious difference is the language. Here we just have lots of different languages, not just English, but Portuguese, Spanish too. But I would say apart from that, it's a similar feeling in the dressing room. Everyone is determined to win, everybody wants to do their best. But also, people like to speak up in the dressing room. You can have discussions, you can talk about the games and always look to improve. Willow concludes by saying that although there might not be many differences between the team life at Arsenal and other clubs, he has noticed something unique to his current home, the connection with the supporters. It makes a big difference to have fans like we do, he says. In the bad moments, they help us, and we always want to say thank you through what we do on the pitch and try to win the game for them. We play football for this. You play for the fans. You play for the good moments. And you play for that feeling at the Emirates. Community Voice Arsenal in the community, delivering actions that matter. On May 31st, 2023, we invited 850 regular Arsenal in the community participants to Emirates Stadium as part of our annual Play on the Pitch event. We took the opportunity to measure the impact of our work and learned that participants who take part in an Arsenal in the community activity are happier, healthier and develop a sense of belonging. As a football club, Arsenal exists to perform on the pitch, but community and a sense of social responsibility are at the heart of our values. The Arsenal in the Community Department harnesses the power of the club to inspire, motivate and support the communities we serve to thrive. Over the 22-23 season, Arsenal in the Community engaged with more than 5,000 participants aged 5-70 to 70 plus on a weekly basis through the delivery of a wide range of sport, education, social inclusion and health activities. 
We delivered 7,193 sessions across our host and neighbouring boroughs, Islington, Hackney and Camden. We learned the following about participants who engage with Arsenal in the community activities. Our participants are happier and healthier and gain positive memories and experiences. Six out of seven participants aged 5 to 70 plus who attend an Arsenal in the Community activity are likely to enjoy significant improvements to their confidence and mental well-being and gain positive memories. The sessions have helped me improve in all aspects of my life and I feel a lot more confident and positive about everything in general. The sessions are a time when I can relax, I don't have to worry about anything and I can enjoy myself. So says a Football Plus participant. Our participants are more active and make healthier lifestyle choices. Three quarters of all participants report that attending an Arsenal in the Community activity encouraged them to make healthier lifestyle choices. Nine out of ten participants are more likely to exercise after their positive experience with Arsenal in the Community. I really like playing football and Arsenal made me enjoy it even more. Playing more and playing with my friends and meeting new people has made me really happy. A Kicks Girl participant says, Taking part in an Arsenal in the community activity has led to participants feeling more connected with their local community. Participants report developing a greater sense of belonging, with 84% feeling proud of Arsenal Football Club and three-quarters of the participants feeling they belong to their local community. I feel that we are very lucky to have the resources that Arsenal in the community provide. It does feel like the club cares about local people. Without exception, the staff are friendly and welcoming, and they reflect the ethnic mix of the population. So says a Total Body Workout participant. Our staff embody the values of the club and are vital to making participants feel supported and welcome. Participants felt that Arsenal in the community staff set a good and positive example, 89%, always made them feel welcome, 87%, and felt like they could be themselves around staff, 84%. Staff were really nice and valued us, a primary stars participant says. We also launched our Gunners for Change initiative last season to inspire and facilitate Arsenal players across the men's, women's and academy teams to become more involved in our community projects. The first year of Gunners for Change saw more than 40 player engagements at 30 community activities. Academy scholars Josh Nichols, Noah Cooper, Hubert Grajic and Amario Cozia Dubery attended Play on the Pitch, inspiring generations of participants and embracing the connectivity of the club. To play on the pitch was a great end to the season. I'm sure the ground staff were clenching their teeth, but a big thanks to them for also letting us run around on their pitch, says a walking football participant. Foundation Voice, Arsenal Acts. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Family Futures, a not-for-profit adoption and fostering agency and therapy centre. Mum Amanda tells us how the charity has helped her adopted children after a traumatic start to their lives. 
My husband Mark and myself had three boys who were all born in North London, so they automatically became Arsenal fans. When they were two, four and seven, we relocated to Somerset, where I grew up, but our boys still supported Arsenal. More recently, we adopted two brothers who were one and two years old and had been in care for ten months. Their early life experiences included neglect and the toxic trio of pre- and postnatal exposure to drugs, domestic violence and alcohol. The prenatal alcohol exposure affected their developing brains and bodies, and now both boys have a diagnosis of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, FASD, a neurodevelopmental condition with lifelong cognitive, emotional and behavioural challenges. They struggle with processing information and it's difficult for them to put their thoughts into words, read, write, express their feelings and follow instructions. They have challenges retaining what they've learned and applying it in different contexts. They both have ADHD and can be fidgety and impulsive, which compounded by the cognitive challenges means we need eyes in the back of our heads to keep them safe. The boys also have developmental trauma caused by significant adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, including the alcohol exposure. This has had a huge impact on their sensory systems. I found Family Futures on Google when I was searching for a specialist multidisciplinary therapy team for adopted children with developmental trauma and suspected FASD. I'd also heard about them from a local psychotherapist. It was clear from speaking to Family Futures that their specialist multidisciplinary assessment model called Neurophysiological Psychotherapy, MPP, could help. The Arsenal Foundation helped to fund Family Futures purchasing a trampet, a flexion disc swing, a rainbow acrobat swing and a scooter board ramp, which we use at least once a month. The swing is a definite favourite. It's like a hammock suspended from the ceiling with brightly coloured layers of silky super strong material. The boys can be cocooned within it and gently swung which is really comforting seeing as they missed out on essential nurture as babies. They both absolutely love going into the sensory heroes room at Family Futures. It's the highlight of their therapy days. The equipment helps the boys notice what is going on in their bodies and what feelings they are experiencing. It's early days. The boys' needs are complex, but this is huge. It's all about helping them to self-regulate and be in just the right state in their bodies so they can engage in the wider NPP and fulfil their potential at home, school and in life. For more info about adoption, fostering or therapy for children, visit familyfutures.co.uk Academy Young Gun Daniel Oyatunde The Basics Born London 26th of the 11th 2006 Joined under 15s 2021 Height and weight 5 foot 8 67 kilograms Position forward School, Eton College, number 103. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace, 96. Dribbling, 89. Passing, 83. Shooting, 92. Defending, 53. Physical, 85. 
I grew up in the Waltham Abbey area near Enfield, and when I was younger, I'd constantly pester my dad to take me to the park to play football and practice. Football brings me an underlying peace, and it allows me to express myself using my feet. I have to admit, I've been a Chelsea supporter my whole life, and my earliest football memory was the 2012 Champions League semi-final between Chelsea and Barcelona, where Torres scored that goal. It's an iconic moment given that we went on to win the Champions League. As a Chelsea fan and striker, I looked up to the likes of Didier Drogba. He was such a brilliant striker and a big game player who will always be remembered for his clutch goals. However, I also watched a lot of Thierry Henry's highlights and was just amazed at how good he was in his prime. I tried to mould my game on both Drogba and Henry. At the age of six, I joined my first Sunday league team in my local area and I also played up front for my school team. I enjoyed my time in the Sunday leagues there because it allowed me to grow and develop as a player. The move to Arsenal came about when I was in year nine. I'd been playing for Chesant FC and we won the league that season with me scoring plenty of goals. What a great season that was. After that, I had a few academies interested in seeing me play, including Arsenal. They offered to let me train with one of the scouts in a one-on-one session and then I started an eight-week trial with Arsenal under-15s in time for their pre-season. I wasn't too nervous because I'd been on trial at Tottenham a year earlier, so I knew what to expect. Even though I was never offered a contract there, it gave me the opportunity to experience the level of ability I needed to be at if I wanted to succeed at an academy. My trial here started off on the right foot. In our first game against Crystal Palace, I managed to get two assists, and then within four weeks of my eight-week trial, I was offered a contract at the club. When I got to Hale End, it felt good to know that I was playing for a big club. A particular memory that stands out is my first goal for Arsenal, which came in a North London derby against Tottenham. We won the game 2-1, and I also got an assist. It's ironic, given that a couple of years prior to that, Tottenham hadn't offered me a contract. The moment leading up to finding out my scholarship decision was quite nerve-wracking. I was one of the last on my team to get my decision, so I saw a few of my teammates find out if they were getting a scholarship or being released at the end of the season. However, I tried not to think about it too much and just carried on scoring goals at under-16 level. Then, on the day, I went into a meeting with my dad that included the Arsenal staff of Adam Pilling, Luke Hobbs and Mark Walters. When they told me the good news, I was relieved but also very excited, and it came at a good time because it was the week before our trip to Brazil. It's my first time in Brazil, and it's a beautiful country. It was such a great experience playing against South and North American teams. I'd been to London Colony before as an under-16 to train with the under-18s, but when I first arrived as an official under-18 scholar, I was starstruck. I'm literally seeing first-team players that I see on TV each week live in the flesh. After a certain amount of time, you get used to them being there, but it's inspiring to see them because we can look up to them and learn little habits and skills from them. I've trained with the under-21s numerous times now and it's a higher level than the under-18s. The game is a lot more physical and demanding. I actually made my debut for them when I was an under-16 in the Premier League Cup against Burnley. That was a good week for me, because I made my under-18s debut against Fulham on the preceding Saturday, 
and then my under-21s debut against Burnley on the Wednesday after. Having Jack Wilshere and Adam Birchill as coaches is top class. They know the game inside out and their insight is incredible. They know the do's and don'ts of football and have worked with top players before. I know that I can go to high places with them coaching me. This season I scored against West Ham on the opening day of the season and it was a brilliant feeling to get up and running on the score sheet. By the end of the season I want to get double figure goals as well as play higher up whether that be in the UEFA Youth League or for the under 21s. Around the academy Hein the hero in EFL shootout. The under-21s kicked off their EFL trophy campaign with a creditable draw with Swindon Town on August 22nd, which also included a bonus point for triumphing in the penalty shootout. Mehmet Ali commended his side's ability to convert penalties under pressure after we won the shootout 5-4. During the 90 minutes, we fought back twice, with Lino Sousa drawing us level after we went behind early on and Jimmy Gower equalising with just eight minutes remaining to force penalties. The Young Gunners scored all five penalties, with Carl Hines' superb save from Ben Ward ultimately proving decisive as we picked up an additional bonus point. I love these games. I love these nights, said Ali after the match. The players have got to be able to embrace the adversity of taking a penalty in front of a crowd, and they were brilliant tonight. It's a great learning curve for the players as they're able to play in front of a crowd and especially with the spot kicks. To convert under pressure is brilliant for their development. Five out of five penalties is excellent and Carl made a fantastic save so I'm proud we were able to get a bonus point even though I felt we should have got all three points, Ali added. Our under-21s succumbed to a first defeat of the season on Monday, August 28th, a 2-0 defeat at Meadow Lane against Nottingham Forest. Coach Mehmet Ali rued his side's missed chances in the first half as we fell to a disappointing defeat at the home of Notts County. Coming into the game, Ali's side had a 100% record in the league, but some slack defending and a number of missed chances were punished by the hosts. I thought the game was pretty even in the first half, said Ali. We got sucker punched and gave the ball away very cheaply for their goal, and against a good side like Nottingham Forest, you'll get punished. When they went a goal up, they were difficult to break down because they defended very deep. But we need to be better at creating opportunities when coming up against a side like that. However, Ali remained confident that his side will bounce back in our next fixture at home to Reading, a match that kicked off at noon today. Reading have started the season well and are going strong, but it's a great opportunity for our players to make amends for tonight's disappointment. It's always painful to lose against the old enemy as Jack Wilshere's under-18s learned last Saturday when they succumbed 4-2 to Tottenham Hotspur at London Colney. Osman Kamara and Seb Ferdinand responded for the young gunners after the visitors had raced into a four-goal lead by the hour mark. However, despite the disappointment, Wilshere expects his team to use this difficult defeat as motivation in the weeks ahead. It's never nice to lose, but this is development football. We're still learning each day, said Wilshere. We're trying to teach the players how to be a professional and how to earn the right to be one. Part of that is dealing with disappointment, managing setbacks and responding. We have a massive London derby against West Ham United in the Premier League Cup next. 
and we need to bounce back in the best way possible. We're in the UEFA Youth League. As a result of the senior team qualifying for the 2023-24 UEFA Champions League group stages, we'll field an under-19 team in the UEFA Youth League for the forthcoming season. The competition has 64 teams, but is divided into two different paths of 32 teams, depending on how a team qualified for the Youth League. The two paths are the Champions League path and the Domestic Champions path. The Champions League path is the 32 teams that qualify for the Youth League as a result of their senior team qualifying for the Champions League. For example, Arsenal are in this path because the senior team qualified for the Champions League. Teams in this path will compete in groups with an identical makeup and fixture list as for the senior competition. So our under-19s will play in a group with whoever the senior team drew on Thursday evening. The eight group winners progress straight to the round of 16, knockout phase, while the eight runners-up go into the playoffs. The domestic league path is the domestic youth champions of the 32 best-ranked associations in the UEFA Association coefficient rankings. If a team is eligible for both, because their youth team won their domestic league and the senior team qualified for the Champions League, they will enter the Champions League path. The vacancy in the domestic champions path filled by the domestic youth champion of the next best-ranked association. The 32 teams in this path compete in two knockout rounds of home and away ties to produce teams who progress to the playoffs. The eight domestic champions team survivors are drawn at home to the eight UEFA Champions League path runners-up in one-off ties to decide the eight remaining round of 16 berths. The knockout phase, starting with the round of 16, consists of single-leg ties. This means a maximum of 10 matches for any team, with the semi-finals and final played in the form of a final tournament at the Colovray Stadium in Switzerland. Tyrese joins Derby County. Tyrese John Jules has joined League One side Derby County on loan until January 2024. The 22-year-old striker spent last season with Ipswich Town, where he made 21 appearances in all competitions. That followed similar spells with Lincoln, Doncaster, Blackpool and Sheffield Wednesday, a number of which have been badly disrupted by injury. The forward came on as an 81st-minute substitute in the Rams' 4-2 win at Peterborough United. Tyrese will return in January 2024 when his loan deal ends. We wish him all the best at Pride Park and hope he has an injury-free spell to really showcase his striking talents. Brooke joins Millwall. England under-20 international Brooke Norton Cuffey has joined championship side Millwall for the 2023-24 season. Last season, the fullback was loaned to Rotherham United and then Coventry City, for whom he excelled playing 24 times in their run to the championship playoff final at Wembley, where they were beaten by Luton Town on penalties. He'll be looking for similar success as he heads down to SE16 and got off to a good start last Saturday, starting in the Lions' 1-0 home win over Stoke City, arresting a run of three successive defeats for Gary Rowett's team. We wish Brooke all the best during his loan spell at Millwall and look forward to seeing his continued development. All the best, Mika. Striker Mika Beereth, who scored on his debut on loan for Motherwell in the Scottish Premier League against Hibernian, sadly sustained a knee injury during their loss to St Mirren in the Viaplay Cup match on Saturday, August 19th. Scans revealed a serious injury, which means the striker is likely to miss at least 12 weeks of the season. 
We wish Mika all the best in his recovery and look forward to seeing him on the pitch soon. Arsenal women. Welcome, Leia. We are delighted to confirm that Spanish World Cup winner Leia Codina has joined us on a permanent transfer. Leia joins us from Barcelona, who she joined at the age of 14 before progressing through the academy to the first team. The 23-year-old centre-back departs Barcelona having made 32 appearances, scoring two goals. She won three La Liga titles, two Champions Leagues, one Spanish Cup and one Spanish Super Cup. Leia spent the 2021-22 season on loan in Italy at AC Milan, where she made 14 appearances across Serie A and the Champions League. At international level, Leia has made seven appearances for the Spain senior team and was part of the squad that won the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand this summer. Leia made four appearances at the competition, starting all four of Spain's knockout matches and scoring in the round of 16 win over Switzerland. I'm really excited. I can't wait to start with the team and be a gunner, said Leia. I knew all about the history of this club, so when I found out Arsenal were interested, I didn't think twice. We want to compete in all four competitions this season and I'm looking forward to making some memories with our supporters here. Jonas Eideval said, Leia is a world-class defender and I'm delighted to be working with her. She has a great mix of technical ability and physical presence and we believe this will allow her to adapt to our style here quickly. She has considerable experience of playing at the highest level and winning trophies, so I'm confident she will be an excellent addition. Champions League is a go. Arsenal get their season underway this week in the first round of the Champions League as Jonas Eideval's players attempt to reach the group stage for the third year in a row and build on last season's run to the semi-final. The Gunners will face Linköping on Wednesday, September 6th at the Swedish team's Bilborsen Arena with kick-off at 4pm. If Arsenal triumph, we will then face the winners of the tie between French side Paris FC, not to be confused with Paris Saint-Germain, and Ukrainian runners-up Krivbas Krivyiri on Sunday, September 9th, for a place in the second round. This mini-tournament features 57 teams, third-place finishers from UEFA's six top-ranked leagues, France, Germany, Spain, England, Sweden and the Czech Republic, runners-up from the next 10 and 41 domestic champions from across the rest of Europe. 24 teams will qualify for the second round, which will take place over two legs in October, to determine which 12 teams will join automatic qualifiers Barcelona, Lyon, Bayern Munich and Chelsea in the group stage. That won't start until November this season as a result of the Women's World Cup taking place this summer. The Gunners reached the group stage via this route two years ago, beating FC Ogeptes 3-1 and PSV 4-0 in the mini-tournament before seeing off Czech runners-up Slavia Prague 7-0 on aggregate in the second round. You can follow the action on social media and at arsenal.com, so tune in as we kick off the new campaign. Have you seen our documentary yet? 
you can now relive Arsenal Women's Roller Coaster 2022 to 23 season in a new five part documentary series, Togetherness, available to watch on arsenal.com and the app. Togetherness follows our women's team across the entire campaign, from our record breaking run of clean sheets and exhilarating comebacks to an incredible Champions League run and our very first Emirates Stadium sellout. Catch never before seen footage from our squad as they deal with season ending injuries and grow closer than ever as a team. Don't miss this groundbreaking behind the scenes production and see the players like you've never seen them before. Beth's back. It's a sight Arsenal fans have been waiting for since Beth Mead suffered her ACL injury against Manchester United last November. The England forward is back in first team training and ready for the new season. We can expect Jonas Eideval to be cautious with her return after such a serious injury. But right now, we're just glad to see Beth with a ball at her feet. Katie's Award. Katie McCabe has been presented with her 2022-23 UEFA Women's Champions League Team of the Season Award. We reached the semi finals of the Champions League last season after beating Bayern Munich in the quarter finals, and the Ireland international was a key player in our European campaign. Katie, who took over the captain's armband with both Kim Little and Leah Williamson, injured in the closing weeks of the campaign, also won our Club Player of the Season and Goal of the Season awards. The visitors, Manchester United. Today's visitors, formed 1878, home Old Trafford since 1910, capacity 74,310, owners Joel and Avram Glazer, honours first division or Premier League champions 20 times, second tier champions twice, FA Cup winners 12 times, Football League Cup winners six times, charity or Community Shield winners 21 times, European Cup or Champions League winners three times. ECWC winners once, Europa League winners once. POTY 2022 to 23, Marcus Rashford. Most appearances, Ryan Gakes 963, 1991 to 2014. Most goals, Wayne Rooney 253, 2004 to 17. Famous fans, Stormzy, musician. Usain Bolt, athlete. Tyson Fury, boxer. Rory McElroy, golfer. Eamon Holmes, TV presenter. Rachel Riley, TV presenter. Orlando Bloom, actor. After a season under Dutch manager Eric Ten Hag that brought the club's first silverware in six years, the Carabao Cup, as well as a runners up spot in the FA Cup and a return to Europe's top table with a third place finish in the Premier League, Manchester United will be hoping for a similar showing, perhaps even more, in 2023 24. It is now over a decade since the Red Devils last became champions of England, winning a record 13th Premier League title in Sir Alex Ferguson's final season as manager to make it 20 English top flight titles overall, also a record, one more than Liverpool. 
The hunger to end that barren run gets more intense as each season passes, especially as it is their local rivals who have overtaken them as the country's dominant force. Although United enjoyed a fine 2022-23 campaign, it was nothing compared to Manchester City, who matched the Old Trafford club's historic treble-winning success of 1998-99. United, having beaten Newcastle 2-0 at Wembley to win the Carabao Cup, had the opportunity to complete a cup double and ruin City's treble dream when the sides met in the FA Cup final in early June, but they conceded in the first minute and ended up losing 2-1. Ten Hag's side have been bolstered by the summer acquisition of goalkeeper Andre Onana, midfielder Mason Mount, and so far unseen Denmark striker Rasmus Hoyland. They have six points from their opening three matches, but have yet to get into their stride. Two fortuitous home wins against Wolves, 1-0, and Nottingham Forest, 3-2, having sandwiched a 2-0 defeat at Tottenham. That put them 8th coming into September, which, after the international break, brings home fixtures against Brighton and Crystal Palace, plus a trip to newly promoted Burnley, as well as a return to the Champions League, a competition in which they have not progressed beyond the quarter-finals since the Ferguson years. Last term, Ten Hag steered United to the quarter-finals of the Europa League, where, despite beating Real Sociedad, Barcelona and Real Betis, they still had their European hopes ended by Spanish opposition for the sixth year in a row when they lost 5-2 to eventual winners, Sevilla. Number 24. Andre Onana Born Nicol Ngoc, Cameroon 2nd of April 1996, previously Ajax into Milan. Andre was recruited in July as David de Gea's replacement after a single season in Italy with Inter, in which he won the Coppa Italia and played every minute as the Nerazzurri finished runners-up in the Champions League, keeping eight clean sheets. A spectacular keeper, he is now reunited with Eric Ten Hag, his former boss at Ajax, where he won five major trophies. 8. Bruno Fernandes, born Maia, Portugal, 8th of September 1994. Previously, Navarra, Udinese, Sampdoria, Sporting Lisbon. Signed in January 2020 from Sporting, Bruno has since become the team's chief creator, a frequent goalscorer and, since this summer, the club captain. Camped 57 times by Portugal, the irascible schemer scored against Arsenal in a pre-season win in New Jersey and opened his 2023-24 Premier League account with the winning penalty against Nottingham Forest last weekend. 10. Marcus Rashford, born Manchester, 31st of October 1997, previously none. Manchester-born Marcus enjoyed a sensational return to form last season, scoring a career-best tally of 30 goals in all competitions, the first United player to do so since Robin van Persie a decade earlier, and was rewarded with a new contract. The speedy 25-year-old also scored three times for England at the 2022 World Cup, making him the team's joint top scorer in Qatar alongside Bukayo Saka. 14. Christian Eriksen, born Middelfart, Denmark, 14th of February 1992, previously Ajax, Tottenham, Inter Milan, Brentford. 
Christian has made a remarkable recovery from his near-death experience at Euro 2020. After a half-season comeback at Brentford, the Dane moved to United last summer and has become an important midfield option, scoring his first goal of 2023-24 to to start last Saturday's comeback against Forest. He returned to international football last March and was ever-present at the 2022 World Cup. 18. Casemiro, born São José dos Campos, Brazil, 23rd of February 1992. Previously, São Paulo, Real Madrid, Porto on loan. Signed in the summer of 2022, Casemiro has proved to be a shrewd acquisition, the 31-year-old Brazil international establishing himself at United as the top-class holding midfielder that made him a Champions League winning star at Real Madrid. He scored seven goals last term, matching his highest tally at the Bernabeu, and was also on target against Forest last weekend. 6. Lisandro Martinez Born Gualeguay, Argentina, 18th of January 1998. Previously, Newell's Old Boys, Defensa e Justicia, Ajax. Relatively small for a central defender, but as tough and feisty as they come, Lisandro followed Eric Ten Hag from Amsterdam to Manchester last year and enjoyed an impressive debut season that was punctuated by World Cup glory with Argentina in Qatar. He scored his first United goal in a 3-2 defeat here in January, but missed the closing weeks of the season with a broken toe. 29. Aaron Juan Bisaka, born Croydon, 26th of November 1997, previously Crystal Palace. Aaron has started United's first three games this season at right-back and will be hoping to remain there all season after his 2022-23 campaign was curtailed by injury. The 25-year-old ended last season strongly, enhancing his reputation as one of the Premier League's best defensive full-backs and tacklers. This is his fifth season at Old Trafford after joining in 2019 for £45 million from Crystal Palace. 49. Alejandro Ganacho Born Madrid, Spain, 1st of July 2004, previously non. The skillful, unpredictable 19-year-old winger who was born in the Spanish capital but plays international football for Argentina, joined United's academy from Atlético Madrid in 2020 and broke into the first team last season, scoring five goals in 34 appearances. Alejandro started the opening two Premier League fixtures this term, having extended his contract until 2028 earlier this year. 2023-24 Stat Pack Premier League Match facts and total cards. Arsenal have won four of their last five home league games against Manchester United. Drawn one, including the last two. They last won three in a row against the Red Devils between 1988 and 1991. Manchester United have lost five of their last nine Premier League meetings with Arsenal. One, two, drawn two. One more than they had in their previous 23 against the Gunners. One, twelve. Drawn seven, lost four. Yellow cards, Arsenal 52, red, nil. Manchester United, yellow cards 78, red, two. Goals, Arsenal 88, Manchester United 58. Expected goals, 
Arsenal 73.2, Manchester United 69.1. Goals conceded, Arsenal 43, Manchester United 43. Expected goals against, Arsenal 42.5, Manchester United 51.3. Clean sheets, Arsenal 14, Manchester United 17. Shots, Arsenal 593, Manchester United 593. Average possession, Arsenal 59.8%, Manchester United 53.7%. Shot conversion rate, Arsenal 14.8%, Manchester United 9.8%. Points gained after trailing, Arsenal 16, Manchester United 11. Points dropped after leading. Arsenal 8, Manchester United 7. Goal times. 0-15. Arsenal scored 13, conceded 5. Manchester United scored 6, conceded 6. 16-30. Arsenal scored 15, conceded 4. Manchester United scored 8, conceded 6. 31-45. Arsenal scored 13, conceded 7. Manchester United scored 12, conceded 6. 46-60. Arsenal scored 18, conceded 9. Manchester United scored 8, conceded 8. 61-75. Arsenal scored 14, conceded 11. Manchester United scored 10, conceded 6. 76-90. Arsenal scored 15, conceded 7. Manchester United scored 14, conceded 11. Data for 2022-23 season. Scouting report by Adrian Clark. Tactics. Eric Ten Hag was stable with his strategic approach last season, deploying a 4-2-3-1 in 33 of their 38 Premier League matches. Currently, it feels as if Manchester United are in a period of tactical transition. The astute Dutchman's preferred shape has looked more like a 4-3-3 in the early stages of this campaign, with Brazilian star Casemiro, the designated holding midfielder, flanked by Bruno Fernandes and either Christian Eriksen or Mason Mount. While those two box-to-box players are free to mix up their positioning ahead of the sitter, New captain Fernandes naturally drifts towards the right side of that engine room trio. Style of play Manchester United are playing out from the back with greater frequency than they did last term. The arrival of new goalkeeper Andre Onana, an excellent distributor, has signalled that change in their build-up play. As they evolve their style, the Red Devils are pressing with greater hostility too. Opponents averaged 12 passes before Ten Hag's men disrupted them with a defensive action in 2022-23, but that figure has dropped to an impressive 9.4 after three matches. No top-flight side has won more high turnovers, 41, either. At their best on counters and quick transitions, today's visitors progressed the ball upfield at a rate of 1.81 metres per second, the second-fastest average in the division behind West Ham United. Team strengths 
chance creation is a strong suit for Manchester United, who have generated 55 shots already, including 42 from open play. Only Manchester City and Brighton and Hove Albion have managed more attempts on goal so far. Playmaker Bruno Fernandes is at the heart of most things. He created 98 chances in open play last season, 30 more than any other player, and has begun 2023-24 to in sharp form. United's quality in wide areas also stands out. Marcus Rashford and Alejandro Garnacho are exciting speed merchants, while Anthony and Jadon Sancho are both potential match winners. The main collective strength of Ten Hag's team is their home form, winning 17 of their last 20 Premier League fixtures at Old Trafford. Weaknesses United's engine room has looked vulnerable at the start of this campaign, with opponents slicing through the middle of the pitch with too much ease. When they don't use a double pivot, Casemiro, who was superb last season, can be left isolated and exposed. The absence of a prolific centre-forward has also been a long-standing issue, but hopes are high that 20-year-old Rasmus Hoyland will fill that void when he returns from injury. Under Ten Hag, our opponents have shown fragility on the road. They won just once away from home against the top 12 last season. Key man, Marcus Rashford. Three of Marcus Rashford's 17 league goals in 2022-23 came against the Gunners, so he is the obvious danger man. The England international's pace makes him a serious threat in behind, but as he displayed when scoring a sublime individual goal at Emirates Stadium in January, the United Ace also carries the ball beautifully. There are three photographs with this report in the print version of the programme. The main has the caption, Bruno Fernandes celebrates scoring the winner against Forest last weekend after United had found themselves 2-0 down within five minutes. The smaller photographs at the end have the captions, Jadon Sancho is a potential match winner. Marcus Rashford scored three times against us last term. Match action. Arsenal versus Fulham. Arsenal scorers. Saka. 70th minute penalty. Nekataya. 72nd minute. Fulham scorers. Pereira. 1st minute. Polina. 87th minute. Saturday, August 26th, Emirates Stadium. Key moments. First minute. Pereira pounces on a loose Saka back pass to give Fulham an early lead. 70th minute. Saka scores from the penalty spot after Vieira is fouled. 72nd minute. Nakataya finishes well from Vieira's low cross for 2-1. 83rd minute. Bassi is sent off for Fulham for a second bookable offence. 87th minute. Polina scores from a corner to salvage a draw for the visitors. Quote. Mikel Arteta. We went 2-1 up and then you have to defend the box with your life. You cannot concede that goal after that because we should have scored 5-6-7. Match facts. Bukayo Saka has appeared in each of our last 83 matches in the Premier League, now the outright longest run of any player for us in the competition. 
We've never lost at home against Fulham in league competition, winning 24 games and drawing seven times in 31 meetings. This is the most one team has faced another at home without losing in English league history. Fabio Vieira, who came on in the 56th minute, became the first Arsenal substitute to win a penalty and assist a goal in a Premier League match. Match stats Expected goals Arsenal 3.2 Fulham 0.56 Shots on target Arsenal 11 Fulham 3 Hit woodwork Arsenal 0 Fulham 0 Possession Arsenal 71% Fulham 29% Completed passes Arsenal 614 Fulham 196 Corners Arsenal 8 Fulham 3 Tackles 1 Arsenal 8 Fulham 10 Offsides Arsenal 4 Fulham 1 Yellow cards Arsenal 0 Fulham 4 Red cards Arsenal 0 Fulham 1 Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta Shirt, red with white sleeves Shorts, white Socks, white 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper 2. William Saliba 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Margales 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emil Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. Durian Timber 14. Eddie Nketiah 15. Jakub Kivio 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu 19. Leandro Trossard 20. Giorgino 21. Fabio Vieira 22. David Rea, goalkeeper 24. Rhys Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 29. Kai Havertz 31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper 33. Arthur Okonkwo, goalkeeper 35. Alexandra Zinchenko 41. Declan Rice For Manchester United, manager Eric Ten Hag Shirt, green with white and maroon stripes Shorts, black. Socks, green with white bands. 2. Victor Lindelof. 3. Eric Bailey. 5. Harry Maguire. 6. Lissandro Martinez. 7. Mason Mount. 8. Bruno Fernandes. 9. Anthony Marshall. 10. Marcus Rashford. 12. Tyrell Malasia. 14. Christian Eriksen. 16. Ahmad Diallo, 18, Casemiro, 19, Rafael Varane, 20, Diogo Dalat, 21, Anthony, 22, Tom Heaton, goalkeeper, 23, Luke Shaw, 24, Andre Onana, goalkeeper, 25, Jadon Sancho, 26, Dean Henderson, goalkeeper, 27, Johnny Evans, 28, Facundo Pelistri, 29. Aaron Juan Bissaka 34. Donny van der Beek 
37. Kobi Mainu. 39. Scott McTominay. 42. Alvaro Fernandez. 43. Tiden Bengi. 46. Anibal Majbri. 47. Shola Shoretire. 49. Alejandro Ganacho. And Rasmus Hoylun. Referee Anthony Taylor. Assistant referees Gary Bezik, Lee Betts. Fourth official Darren Bond. VAR official Jared Gillett. Additional VAR official Simon Bennett. Today's other fixtures 2 p.m. kickoff Crystal Palace versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Liverpool versus Aston Villa. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League. Arsenal. Adidas.com slash Arsenal. 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 Where we belong. Emirates. Arsenal official partner. Travel with peace of mind. Fly better. 